Praise the Lord. What a weekend we had here this weekend. I tell you, there's a, there's a fire burning among us. And I want to exhort you as a church to fan this fire into a blazing flame. That's what God wants us to do. The Apostle Paul wrote two letters to Timothy, his son in the Lord. It was 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. The second letter, he exhorted Timothy to fan into flame the gift that he had. And the second letter that Paul wrote, he wrote it from prison. It was his last letter. So when somebody writes the last letter before he was executed, he knew he was going to be executed. So this letter, you read somebody that knows he's going to die for the, for the cause of Christ. What he's writing should be very important to us. Because he was executed right after he wrote the second letter. And it's amazing every time I think about that. He was executed for the very same thing I'm doing right now. For preaching Jesus Christ. Him being resurrected. Being a Messiah. He went to jail and then he was executed for preaching what we're preaching right now. There might come a day. When we will be threatened for doing this, it's not here now, but the Antichrist is definitely rising its ugly head. It used to be hidden, but he's full-blown now. He's coming against the church, coming against Christianity. So he wrote to Timothy, who probably was a young man. He was a young man. In fact, Paul told him, don't let, don't let anybody uh, hold it against you because you're young. How many know that young people can be full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Word, and they can preach? You don't have to be old to preach. You can be young and preach. But Paul knew this letter was his last, so he gave Timothy some charges and some commands to follow. So the text I'm going to use is going to be in chapter 1. We're going to begin in verse 2. Paul said this to Timothy. To Timothy, a beloved son... Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did as without ceasing. I remember you in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us, called us with the holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus 
before time began. The Apostle Paul told Timothy that he was reminded of his sincere faith that was handed to him from his mother and grandmother. How many know that mothers and grandmothers can impart faith to you if they were serving the Lord? So the first charge that Paul gave Timothy was this in 2 Timothy 1.6. He said, for this reason, now you remember Paul was given last instructions. This is the last letter that Paul was going to write to the church. He said, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. We believe in laying on of hands. That's what Paul, the, the Bible tells us to do. We lay on of hands. We don't have power to do anything. But we can lay hands on the sick. And the Bible says they will recover. We can lay hands on people who receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's something about laying on of hands. I don't understand it, but that's what God tells us to do. I don't have any power. You don't have any power. But God said if we believe, we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We're going to lay hands on people and cast demons out of them. Why? Because that's what the Lord says we can do. But this gift that, that Paul is telling, in fact, the, the New King James Version tells, tells uh, Paul says, stir up the gift. Stir it up. There's a song we used to sing, stir it up, stir it up. You got to stir up the gift that is in you. What particular gift he had, we don't know, but we do know this. Paul was talking about an anointing for ministry. Okay? And how many know that we all have a ministry? Not just the preachers and the elders. We all have a ministry. We all are anointed with God's Holy Spirit. We all can lead people to Christ. We all are ambassadors of Christ. We all can intercede for people to come to Christ. But Paul spoke of this anointing as a fire to, to, to just a fan into flame. You know, the Holy Spirit's presence was always symbolized by fire. Just like on the day of Pentecost and all through the Old Testament, God showed up as the burning bush for Moses, and he, he, he showed up as a, a pillar of fire at night for the Israelites to go through the wilderness. So we see that the presence of God is symbolized by fire as on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, verse 3, it says, They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So Paul is telling Timothy right now to fan the flame. Just fan this thing up. Fan it up. And, and why? Because what, did, did, did Timothy's fire go out? No, he didn't say it went out. All he was saying is you got to stir it up some. Because you got work to do. You got to pass your church. You better, you better stir up this gift. You better fan this fire to where it is blazing. So Paul was telling Timothy, you need this. Let me tell you something. You can't do this without the Holy Ghost. You can't live the Christian life without the Holy Ghost. You can't be what God wants you to be without the power of God's Holy Spirit in your life. You can't live this in the flesh. You got to live it in the spirit. 
Well, we can't walk in the flesh. We've got to walk in the Spirit. We've got to be led by the Spirit. So we've got to be full of the Spirit of God. So the fire of God in us has got to be blazing. Paul gave similar instruction to the church in Ephesus. He says this, Ephesians 5.18. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I can't tell you how many professing Christians now are buying more wine than enough. They're out there buying up that wine uh, because Jesus drank wine. Let me tell you something. Jesus told his apostle, you wasn't going to drink that with them until he drinks it again in heaven. When I see Jesus and he's pouring the wine, I'm going to drink it. Right now, I'm going to stay away from it. Because he said wine leads to debauchery. I, I got delivered out of debauchery. I don't want to go back into debauchery. But the Bible says if you want to get drunk on wine, it's going to lead you to that. How do you get drunk on wine? You don't get drunk on it by looking at it. You got to start drinking it. So, you know, people say, well, I just drink a little. Well, what's a little? Little to you might be a much to me. So I, I suggest what the scripture says, stay away from it. That the word, the word filled in Greek literally means repeatedly filled or constantly filled. Not just a taste of it, no. But we need to walk constantly filled with God's Holy Spirit. That flame must be fanned again and again and again. Why? Because it'll go out. If you build a fire, you can't just let it go. It ain't going to continue. You're going to have to keep feeding it. you got to keep feeding it. Just like this winter when, when, when I'm running my fireplace at home, I throw a few logs in there. Man, it's blazing. But an hour later, I'm looking at it. It's going down. i got to throw some more in. Well, your Christian life, you have to keep feeding the fire. The fire has to keep burning. Just can't go and, and let it go. Why? Because... You see, the things we do in our life can either fan that flame or put it out. It depends on what we do. You see, there's things we can do that will hinder it. I don't want to spend a lot of time on the negative aspect, but I will spend a little. That flame is the Holy Spirit that we have in us. Every born-again believer, God has put His Spirit in you. It's in you, Okay. And there are things that we can do that will hinder that fire. That's right. I like how the new believers, they get saved, man, they're on fire. They're on fire. They're on fire. But if they don't continue, six weeks later, they might not even show up here. Why? Because they didn't do anything to keep that flame going. They wasn't fanning that flame. They wasn't really going after God the way they need to do. But there's, there's three hindrances to the fire that God has put in you. And let me tell you, when you get saved, he puts it in you. I love to see new Christians. Yeah, man, I mean, they just, they, they don't know where to run first. They, they don't know who to tell first. They just, they're on fire. But if we don't watch it, that fire will dwindle. And there's some things that will hinder that spy, that fire is grieving the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. In, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, it says this. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, which whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How do you do it? Here's what he said. Get rid of all bitterness. That's what we did here yesterday in Freedom in Common. 
We got, we got rid of some bitterness. We got rid of aid, uh, rage. We got uh, rid of anger, brawling, slander. We got rid of all that stuff because that's the stuff that hinders the fire that is in you. We got to get rid of it. You see, grieving the Holy Spirit, you know what that is? That's ignoring God's Holy Spirit conviction in our life. Remember, God is giving you His Holy Spirit to lead you. There's two things the Holy Spirit is going to do. You see, it's going to convict you of your sin, and then it's going to reveal the truth about God's Word. Now, when He starts revealing truth about God's Word, conviction usually comes. Conviction usually comes when you're hearing the Word of God preached, or you're reading the Word of God, and, and, and the Holy Spirit will bring conviction if there's something in our life we need to repent of. The problem is when, when the Spirit begins to show us things, we ignore it. We push it aside. You see? But really, what the Holy Spirit is trying to do with you is to, is to fan that flame. He's trying to say, get rid of that. that that's not going to burn that. Get, get rid of that. Get rid of that. The second thing that can hinder the fire from burning in our life is quenching the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, Paul said, do not put out the Spirit's fire. So it's possible that you can actually put out the Spirit's fire that is in you. He said, do not treat prophecies with content. We had word come forth here today. We haven't come through here a bunch of times. Prophecies come forth. Don't treat that with contempt. That, but, but test everything. Hold everything on good. Avoid every kind of evil. Listen, you want to be on fire for God, you got to walk this straight and narrow. <laughs> you got to say, hey, I'm not going to the right or I'm not going to the left. I'm going straight on with Jesus. Because if we turn, we will begin. Listen to you. The things of the world will put that fire out. We're not in this world no more. We're in it, but we're not of it. You, you got to walk in it. We're, we're in darkness here, but let me tell you something. We don't have to participate with what they're doing. Let the world go their way. We're going to go our way. Jesus is the way. All right? The third thing is insulting the Holy Spirit. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29 the writer says, How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him and who has insulted the Spirit of grace. We're talking about a backslider here who knew the truth, been touched of God, he turns away from it, so... By our actions, we can, we can put the flame out. We can put the fire out. But how do we fan that flame? Well, this is the way. Everybody here. If you want that fire burning, you've got to set your heart on being a witness for Christ. If you don't want to be a witness for Christ, then you go your way, you ain't going to make any difference to anybody. But if you want to be a witness to Christ, you've got to be on fire. You want to really... Be, mean something to the world out there, then you're going to have to be on fire. Because you see, a true believer's trademark is being filled with God's Holy Spirit with the capacity to witness to somebody about what happened to you. That's our very nature. 
You're born again. You're not what the world is anymore. You have a spirit in you the world doesn't have. You have a, a witness in you the world doesn't know anything about. See, God doesn't light fires to hide them. If he's going to set you on fire, he wants the world to see it. See, he, wants, he wants everybody around you to know something has happened to you, just like you've seen people in here. They wasn't that way before. Some of them wasn't that way before, but they are that way now. God wants the world to know that he exists. How is the world going to know that he exists? He's gonna, they're going to know he exists through us. They're going to see something in us that's supernatural, something they don't have. You see, so we, and what they don't have is the spirit of God that's in us. That's what they don't have. That's what makes us different. The fire of God is equipping power to witness. That's what Jesus told the disciples. He said, look, go wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, to Metairie, to Kenna, to New Orleans, to West Bank, East Bank, everywhere. Everywhere you go, you should be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because you're going to have the power in you to do it. That power came on 120 in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2 in the upper room. They left that place, went out in the street. Peter began to preach the first Holy Ghost anointed sermon. 3,000 people got saved. They heard the word, were baptized. That's what I'm talking about. When we are filled with God's Holy Spirit, things are going to happen. See, the Lord gave birth to this church, this church right here. He gave birth to it. And it wasn't that there wasn't no churches around here. There's a church across the street, church around the corner. They got churches look like every two blocks. There's a church here. God sent us here, not because there wasn't any churches. God sent us here because there are people here that we have to reach. You heard some of them today. We came here to reach those people, okay? We're not going to reach everybody. No church is going to reach everybody. I don't care how big they are. They're not going to reach everybody. We're here to reach the people that God is sending us to get. And the only way we're going to get it this place has got to be on fire. You hear what I'm telling you? This place has got to be a burning <laughs> fire, ember. See, there was an ember here. This is why God sent me here. Y'all know I was pastoring the church in Covington, which I, I turned over to my associate to come here because I saw a little ember. There was an ember here. We got together we're in, my, in my brother's home. Had a few embers that was there. So what we did, we just kept fanning those things. Kept fanning. They started getting a little hotter. It started infecting some other people until it started happening. Then the Lord says, you can't keep pastoring two churches. Something got to happen here. So I tell you, I came here because there were some embers that all we had to do is keep fanning those things. And they were, they were going to come up. That's why we're here. 
That's why we're here. We went from my brother's house to a borrowed church, a friend of mine on Williams Boulevard, to, to the Ramada Hotel for two years, and now we're here. You see, and there's more that's going to happen here, but the only way it's going to happen is that this blaze in this place, it's got to get hotter. It's got to get hotter in here. It's got to get hot. You see, because there are people here, like I said, we're not in competition in all these churches around here. I have somebody tell me, we got churches across the street. There are churches right around the corner. I said, I don't care. They ain't filled. They ain't reached everybody. They still got sinners out here. Man, they walking all up and down this parking lot. There's sinners out here. We got to reach them. We reached some of them we're here today. In that tank. That's why we got to fan the flame into the in fire of the Holy Ghost to be equipped for the task. People are not going to accidentally walk through that door. It's going to be because somebody's flame was burning out there and they want to know what's going on. Because this church is far from what God's going to make it. We've been watching it, huh, Nick? Past five years, we've seen what God's doing. This is just the beginning. This place ain't going to hold it. We will be looking for another place. Don't worry about that. But, so we got to be equipped to witness. Now, in 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul tells Timothy, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. He didn't give us the spirit of fear. We can't be a church full of fear. You get fear out of here. We can do whatever God tells us to do. We can do whatever God's power allows us to do. And we don't have to be fearful about it. Remember we went through the, we went through the COVID thing. We went through the COVID thing. Thank God we was just working on this place. We couldn't get in here anyway. I was preaching out in the parking lot. Okay, it don't matter. We'll preach out in the parking lot. And, and uh, uh, we're going to do what we got to do. They have some churches that were scared to even meet. He said, what were they scared of? Oh, we got a virus. Virus, Jesus laid hands on lepers. What are you talking about? You don't worry about no virus. They got some churches that closed up because of the virus. They ain't open yet. Heck with that. We're going to keep preaching. We're, look, I had them here. You want to wear a mask? Fine, wear the mask. I ain't wearing no mask. Wear the mask. I had COVID twice. I had it twice. Huh, baby? I had it twice. I'm still here. See, fear paralyzes us. Fear, fear paralyzes the church. We can't be a church that's scared. Listen, we took this place. We got in this place. We didn't even have the money, okay? We had $20,000 saved up. Cost us forty. God said, if you, if you are bold enough to go do that, I'll give you the money. And God did. You hear what I'm telling you? See, fear keeps us from doing and becoming what God wants us to be. So we can't be fearful people. You can't be fearful to open up your mouth to somebody who's lost and dying and tell them about Jesus. Don't be scared. What are they going to do to you? Fear is the enemy that puts out the fire. 
But God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us the spirit of power. That word spirit is not capitalized there because it's our human spirit, not the Holy Spirit. But it is the spirit that needs to be empowered by God's spirit. We don't need this power. Tell this to people all the time. Oh, you want the Holy Ghost? Well, what do you want to do? I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to have power. Well, what do you want to do? There's only one thing you want to do. You want to be a witness that's going to be a, 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 a power, powerful witness to a world out there. We don't need power. You know, a lot of Pentecostals, once they get the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, they think that's the end of the line. That ain't the end of the line. That's the beginning of the line. God has given you power so you can do the work that God has called you to do in your world in which you live. We all live in different worlds. I need power to live in my world. People that's in my circle. I need power. You need power for the people that's in your circle. We don't need power if we're going to go sit in the corner. We don't need power if we're going to keep our mouth shut. We don't need that. You, go, you don't need the power to do that. You need power to be the witness that God wants us to be. And when we're ready... He's going to give it to you. See, if you're willing to do it, he's not going to waste it on you. God's not stupid. If you are willing to go do the work, he's going to give you the power to do it. You just got to step out. Just like the church uh, in the book of Acts, they, uh, they had a prayer meeting. I think Peter was in prison. They were praying. And they weren't getting scared. They were trying to ask God to send the Holy Spirit to give them some boldness. You know, I... Our leader's in prison right now. Or what are we going to do? Are we Are going to go run and get scared? No. They began praying that God would give them the power to be able to speak the word of God, to, to be bold in the ministry. We've got somebody in prison. Our leader's in prison. What are you going to do if they come take your pastor and put him in prison? Y'all going to go home and cry? No. You're going to get together and say, what are we going to do now? We've got to get going. We've got to keep going. I had people say, uh, tell them, say, what are you, you going to do if they come get your pastor? What are you going to do? You going to run or you going to follow me? But there's still more equipment Paul said we need to have. Power is one. Then we need love. See, we got to have love to witness. See, this is not human love. I want to tell you that. When the Holy Ghost comes in, you got God's love. See, you begin loving the unlovable, which you didn't do before. You walk past the unlovable. You walk past, I don't want to be, be associated with that. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, something happens. Look, look, look at what happens. How, how do we get it? Romans chapter 5, verse 5, Paul said, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's what happens. That's why when John the Baptist came, he fulfilled the prophecy of Elijah, the spirit of Elijah coming. He was going to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. See, it's a, it's a love that God has for us that we need to take love our family, but it goes beyond that. It goes beyond everybody. 
We should love those who are downtrodden. We need to love those who are hurting. We need to love those who are unlovable. We got to love those who don't loosely fit here. I was telling my wife, we was at a church, back at a church I got saved in, they built a new building. They, they spent about $20 million on it. We got to be a church and we're going to take in anybody. I don't care who they are. And they ought not feel out of place when they get here. You hear what I'm telling you? Now, those days are gone. I remember I've been pastoring for 42 years. When I first got in the ministry, I mean, we had to wear a three-piece suit with a tie. You had to be tight. Thank God I got free from that. Somebody asked you, why, why are you preachers wearing a three-piece suit and a tie? I said, I don't know. It was like that when I got here. You scare people. Listen, when me and my wife got saved, she didn't even have a dress. And they had a family that left the church because she wasn't wearing a dress. She didn't have a dress. We were hippies. We're lost. Yeah, yeah. They wear them hip huggers now. I told some of my grandchildren, your, your grandmother wore that 40 years ago. <laughs> but the church we were saved in, they didn't care. You hear them telling you? They didn't care what we looked like when we came in. We don't care what people look like when they come in here. We're going to give them Jesus. Jesus will fix it all for them, okay? So, God's love is, can only come by the Holy Ghost. And see, when, when the fire is blazing in this church, we're going to have a love. When people walk in here, they're going to know, this place got love. You know? This place, they're going to know that the love of God is in here. See, that's when you can tell a church is on fire. Listen, when, when I got saved at the church, a long-haired, dope-smoking hippie, I looked like Charles Manson, long black hair, beard, just, just nasty looking. Those people got around me. I've I seen them smiling faces. I said, man, what are these people on here? Nobody can be this happy. Well, I found out why they were happy. Jesus made them happy. Yeah, so telling you. See, we're not only proclaiming Jesus as Savior. We want to demonstrate his love. See, love, love covers it. I'm telling you, people know we don't want to preach at people. We want to preach at them. We want to show them God's love. The third piece of equipment is a sound mind. See, that, that sound mind can only be the mind of Christ. 
In 1 Corinthians 2.16, Paul says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let me tell you something. We can have a church that is blazing fire. But if we don't have the mind of Christ, we will be like a forest fire that's out of control. See, we want the power, we want the fire, but we want God's mind. We want his mind on what to do with it. We want to we know what to do with all this power. Where do we send it? Where do we go with it? We don't just want to be crazy. There's a lot of churches and a lot of Christians doing crazy things because they got the power, but they don't have the mind of Christ on where to do it and how to do it. Listen, God took me out of religion. I was in a denomination. He took me out of religion. I had to repent. I got baptized in front of my church. 500 people. They didn't know what I was doing. They thought I was in sin. I said, I'm getting in a tank. I said, I'm not, I'm not repenting of sin. What I'm repenting of a religion. I said, I want religion no more. We're breaking out of here. I'm not going to be the pastor no more. The Holy Ghost is going to pass this place. You hear me? And I got, got in that tank, got out. The whole choir jumped in with choir robes and everything. Everybody said, we want it too, pastor. We don't want this religion no more. No more. We don't want religion. We want God's power. We want God's love. We want to be able to do what God wants us to do. This is why Paul said this in 2 Timothy 1.8. He said, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us, called us with a holy calling, not only to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Paul said, don't be ashamed to testify about Christ or be ashamed of me as prisoner. You might all wind up in jail. But guess what? You get people saved in jail. You know what I mean? Many people get saved in jail. Why? Because somebody had witness to them. But sharing my suffering for the gospel. I want to speak to to those that was in this freedom encounter yesterday and those who were baptized in this tank here today, Paul knew something. Paul knew that the moment that you commit yourself to follow Christ, all hell breaks loose. I want to tell you, you people that was in this tank here today, see, you made a testimony. You made a testimony to everybody here that, that you're going to follow Jesus and all of that, guess what? Devil don't like that. All hell's going to break loose. I want to just make you aware of what you just professed is going to be attacked. But I'm going to tell you this. I've watched this for years. I've watched it. Every imaginable thing can come against people. But I'll tell you this. You keep fanning that flame. <laughs> you keep fanning that Holy Ghost flame that's in you. I don't care what comes against you. You will plow right through it. You'll plow right through it. You see, see, there's only one way to live this life. 
I'm telling you, that's a blazing fire. It's the only way to live it. Because everything in this world, everything hell has to throw at you is coming. But I'm going to tell you this, you can be more than a conqueror. You can be more than victorious over everything. Listen, I've been in it 50 years. I had it all come at me. Had it all come at me. Finances, health, everything, everything, cancer, heart failure, everything. But the power of God, the anointing of God is with me. And He's going to be with you. And you got to can't let it go out. It's got to be fan. Be here. Worship God. Get in a group. Let's say we're going on with God. We're going on with God. And listen, this church is going to grow because of the fire that is in this place. You see, so the world can see us. The world, listen, religion ain't going to turn nobody's eyes away. But the fire? <laughs> Look, when we were kids, when we first started driving cars, we see a fire truck. We want to follow a fire truck. I want to go see a fire. Have you ever done that? You survive. Let's go see where this is. Let's go see what's burning. Well, let me tell you something. When a church is on fire, it is burning. Everybody's going to want to come. What, what's going on over there? That tabernacle thing. Where's that tabernacle thing? That's how I was in Chalmette. They used to call us that church. Oh, you go to that church? That church where all them people are crazy in there? Yeah, that's them. That's them. The church must be a fire. And that means all of us. All of us together, burning, make, makes it makes a fire. Listen, you might be here today. I'm looking around. You might be here today. You've never given your heart and life to Jesus. You got to do it today. You got you to do it today. I want you to stand with me for a moment.